RTHK News. It's one o'clock on Ben Che. The headlines. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority cuts its base lending rate by a quarter of a percent in line with a move by the U.S. Federal Reserve. The observatory says the storm signal number three will remain in force for several more hours as strong winds and heavy showers persist. And the local commander of the PLA backs the Carryland administration's handling of the extradition bill protests. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority has cut the base lending rate by 25 basis points to 2.5%. The cut is the first in more than a decade. The adjustment, which takes effect immediately, follows the lead of the U.S. Federal Reserve, which has cut its key interest rate for the first time since 2008. The American Central Bank said the rate would be lowered by a quarter of a percent. The Monetary Authority's chief executive, Norman Chan, said the cut was significant, as it marks a reversal of the interest rate normalization in the U.S. The Fed's decision to reduce Fed Fund's target rate by 25 basis points and to cease the reduction of its balance sheets two months earlier than previously announced is a significant move as it marks not only the end but also a reversal of the interest rate normalization in the U.S., which started in December 2015. It may indicate the beginning of a series of moves towards monetary accommodation. In the short run, this change could be supportive to the U.S. economy and the asset markets. However, in the medium to longer run, its impact on the real economy, inflation and asset markets is highly uncertain. Asked about recent social unrest, Mr. Chan said Hong Kong's economic stability had not been affected. But he expressed the hope that society will resolve its differences as soon as possible in a peaceful and rational manner. I think the most important uh, point to observe is Hong Kong dollar exchange rate because we have operated the link exchange, uh, link exchange system for over 30 years. That's the anchor for Hong Kong's monetary and financial stability. And during the last few months, despite the social unrest, we have not noticed any erosion of confidence of the Hong Kong dollar. In actual fact, due to some seasonal factors, the local interest rate has um, moved a little bit as a result of which the Hong Kong dollar spot exchange rate has strengthened slightly. That's a very good reflection indication that the Hong Kong dollar and the link exchange rate system remain very, very resilient. The observatory says it expects a strong wind signal number three to remain in force for a while longer and will issue the standby signal number one when winds weaken this evening as tropical storm Whipper continues to move away from the city. At 11 a.m., Whipper was centered about 430 kilometers southwest of Hong Kong. But strong winds and occasional heavy showers are still affecting the territory. Here is senior scientific officer Lam Ching Chi. For this afternoon and tonight, Strong east to southeasterly winds, occasional gales offshore and on high ground at first. Cloudy with occasional heavy squatty showers and thunderstorms. Seas will be rough with swells at first. As for the outlook, there will still be showers in the next couple of days. Brighter early next week and showers will ease off. The commander of the People's Liberation Army in Hong Kong, Chen Daoxiang, says recent violent incidents in the SAR had touched the bottom line of one country, two systems. He made the comments at a function here attended by Chief Executive Carrie Lam, former CE Tong Chihua, and the director of Beijing's liaison office, Wang Jiamin. Mike Weeks reports. 
Speaking at an event to mark the 92nd anniversary of the PLA, General Chen spoke about what he described as a series of extremely violent incidents in Hong Kong. He said these had not only threatened the safety of people's lives and property, but challenged the rule of law and social order. The commander echoed recent remarks by the State Council's Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office in backing Carrie Lam's administration in its handling of the crisis, sparked by its bid to speed through changes to the SAR's fugitive laws. He also pledged his support for the police in harshly punishing what he called violent criminals in accordance with the law. General Chen also said the PLA garrison backed the police in defending China's sovereignty and Hong Kong's prosperity. Seven trade unions have urged civil servants and other general workers to carry on serving the public and not to join a planned strike on August 5th. Netizens have called for a general strike to demand a complete withdrawal of the extradition bill. Representatives of the unions said the mass movements have caused destruction to Hong Kong people's daily lives. Tam Kin Chu, vice chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of Railway Trade Unions, urged protesters and drivers not to disrupt public transportation. Up to now, we don't have any figure depending uh, on strike, but we urge our member not to participate on any strike and uh, keep on Hong Kong moving. So we don't want any member to participate in, on the strike. A Hong Kong student group in the Australian city of Brisbane says it's planning another anti-extradition rally tomorrow. During a protest last week at the University of Queensland, clashes broke out after mainland students attacked and surrounded the protesters. The UQ Hong Kong Student Association has been organizing events in support of the protests here. Jack Yu, a committee member, said aside from hundreds of Hong Kong students, some locals had also joined them in solidarity. Most of Australians are supportive and they totally understand what we are trying to do. So that's why we got support from the UQ uh, political group. We're going to have another protest and uh, Lennon will set up on this Friday here in the UQ campus. North Korean state media has commented for the first time about yesterday's launch of two ballistic missiles from its east coast. From So, here's the BBC's Laura Bicker. North Korean state media said Kim Jong-un supervised the guided test fire of a newly developed large-caliber multiple-guided rocket system. South Korea's military detected the test yesterday and believed two short-range ballistic missiles were fired from the Wonsan area. Mr Kim is quoted as saying that the rocket launcher would be an inescapable distress to the forces which become a fat target of the weapon. It's believed to be the third new weapon system to be unveiled by Pyongyang since Donald Trump and Mr. Kim met in Hanoi in February. The United Nations Secretary General spokesman Stefan Dujaric has called for a return to peace talks. We're very much aware of the reports that uh, for the second time in a week the DPRK has launched ballistic missiles. Uh, I think for the Secretary General this is just a, another reminder of the importance of restarting talks on the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. U.S. media are quoting intelligence sources as saying that Hamza bin Laden, the son of the late al-Qaeda leader Osama, is dead. The Pentagon has not given any information about how or where the death took place. From Washington, here's the BBC's Chris Buckler. In recent months, the U.S. had offered a million-dollar reward for information that led them to Hamza bin Laden. 
At the time, they said he was emerging as a key figure in the leadership of al-Qaeda and that he had used audio and video messages to call for attacks on America and its allies in revenge for the killing of his father. Osama bin Laden, who helped plan the notorious 9-11 attacks, was tracked down and killed by US special forces in 2011 after a 10-year search. At the compound in Pakistan where he was found, they discovered letters apparently written by bin Laden in which he said he was grooming his son to succeed him. The United States has imposed sanctions on the Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Javad Zarif. The sanctions freeze any assets of Mr. Zarif in the United States or controlled by U.S. entities. The BBC's Gary O'Donoghue reports from Washington. Senior administration officials told reporters that Javid Zarif was a propaganda minister, not a foreign minister, with the veneer of a reasonable interlocutor, which they said he was not. The officials said Mr Zarif had defended the persecution of the Iranian population, the execution of homosexuals, and had been part of the regime that locked up the Washington Post reporter, Jason Rezaian, for 18 months. However, Zarif will still be able to travel to New York on official UN business. And while there is little prospect of any talks between Washington and Tehran at the moment, the question of who to negotiate with is somewhat academic. The former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden has come under attack from other Democratic Party hopefuls in a televised debate which has just ended ahead of the 2020 elections. The party's frontrunner shared a stage in Detroit with nine other presidential hopefuls with whom there were several sharp exchanges on health care and border control. Senator Kamala Harris also launched another assault on Mr. Biden's record on race. To business news, and, and as we heard earlier, the U.S. Federal Reserve has cut its key interest rate for the first time since 2008. The BBC's Michelle Fleury in New York explains why the Fed made the surprise move. If you look at the domestic economy, it seems a bit puzzling. Why are you cutting rates when things look fairly rosy and the economy is growing? The answer is when you start looking further afield. Those inside the Federal Reserve are concerned about a weakening global picture. They're worried about the implications of trade disputes, how that is impacting American businesses. If you look at the growth figures that were released last week, you may recall that we started to see a pullback in the amount American companies were willing to invest. They are nervous about what the implications of this trade dispute will be. And the third thing is that inflation remains low. And so the Fed felt that they had room to make this cut to try and boost inflation. But Hong Kong banks are unlikely to follow the interest rate cut by the U.S. Central Bank. HSBC said it would maintain its best lending rate at 5.125%, and it will not change its deposit rate on Hong Kong dollar savings. Iris Pang, the chief China economist of ING Wholesale Banking, said the move was expected. Lower interest rate environment, banks, especially commercial banks, usually earn less interest income than a higher interest rate environment. So I believe that commercial banks this time will not follow the, the Fed. And the Fed has uh, said that it is more likely as an interim uh, uh, measures rather than a series of cuts. So I don't think the commercial banks will follow. 
More banks are expected to announce their decisions later today. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,583. That's 196 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $46 billion. And to currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.19 yen. The euro is standing at one US dollar and 10 cents, and the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 48 cents. And now it's time for the sports with Joanne Wong. Football. Tottenham have clinched the Audi Cup after a penalty shootout win over Bayern Munich in a final. It was 2-2 after extra time. Spurs had led 2-0 after Eric Lamella slid in to convert a low cross at the back post, and Christian Eriksen drilled in a second for the London club. But Bayern came back thanks to goals from teenagers Jan Fitayab and Alfonso Davies, who leveled with a fantastic 25-yard curling effort. Spurs won the shootout 6-5 with Eriksen, the only Tottenham player to miss his kick in the third-place playoff. Real Madrid finally picked up their first win of preseason as they beat Fenerbahce 5-3. The first cricket ashes test between England and Australia gets underway in Ashbaston later today. The five-test series comes after England's recent triumph at the 50-over World Cup. Let's hear from both captains, England's Joe Root and Australia's Tim Payne. Very exciting time for everyone involved. Coming off the back of a World Cup win, I think whole nation's very excited about cricket, which is a great place to be. It's great to be a part of an England team with that in mind, and you know, hopefully we can um, we can continue. Performing extremely well. We're extremely lucky to be here, and we've spoken as a group. That、um, you know, if we are to come over here, play our best cricket, and win an Ashes series in these conditions, in this sort of atmosphere, then、um, it's going to create sort of lifelong memories. And again, that's a, just a really exciting opportunity for、yeah. our group. Meanwhile, the cricket world is mourning the loss of former Glenmorgan all-rounder Malcolm Nash. He was 74. He was widely known as a bowler who was struck for six sixes by West Indies all-rounder Garfield Sobers in Swansea in 1968, an iconic moment in world sport because it was the first time the feat was achieved in first-class cricket. Nash spoke to the BBC about that. The over to Sir Garfield was six minutes out of my life. There were 18 years of other cricket that featured、uh, fairly prominently, and it was an interesting day, really, because、uh, on that day back 50 years ago,、uh, he sort of spoke my figures. I was having a reasonable day、uh, with the ball, having taken four wickets for 60 odd, and、um, he decided to sort of unleash himself in order to get a declaration. Uh, which he did. So instead of having four for 64, I ended up with four for 100. But these things happen, and I think you know it just depends on your mindset as to how you、uh, go on and approach the game from there on. In my case, it didn't bother me at all. Tennis three-time Grand Slam champion Andy Murray has moved closer to a singles comeback as he joined his brother Jamie for a doubles victory at the ATP Washington Open. The Murrays partnered for the first time since the 2016 Rio Olympics, downed Frenchman Nicolas Mahut and Edouard Rajavasilan 6-4, 6-7, 10-5 to reach the last eight at the U.S. Open tune-up event. Andy Murray is practicing singles and playing doubles as the former world number one, now ranked 222, continues his fight back from right. Hip surgery in January, and that's your look at sport. And when the news, the top stories again. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority cuts its base lending rate by a quarter of a percent. The observatory says the storm signal number three will remain in force for several more hours. And the local commander of the PLA backs Carrie Lam's handling of the extradition bill protests. The news from RTHK.
residual. I'm in the physical and the metaphysical. I know you need you a long time, that's critical. But I need some of your time, is that hypocritical? Damn, you know I relate to you more than fam. So I won't sit around and let you sink in quicksand. Look, I know you got million dollar plans and you trying to build a brand, live a life in high demand. Swerving big B's, your back got little G's. Gucci down to the sock like Biggie and Little C's. Let's hit the Maldives and hide behind palm trees. Little red wine in the calm breeze. Cause baby, you 